The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. For anyone who is new here, hi, my name is Deanna. I am the host of this show and giving you guys all of the information as it pertains to health and fitness, nutrition, personal development, mindset, obviously, as it says in the name of the show, kind of just a little bit of everything, Um, some personal stories, personal experiences, kind of just my chance to ramble on and on and hopefully impart either some sort of wisdom, knowledge, inspiration you name it, onto anyone who listens. So for today's episode, we are going to be covering my top 10 tips, holy moly, say that 10 times fast, for making cutting easier. Uh, Being that the weather is getting warmer, we are coming up on the summer months and hot girl summer and, you know, everyone kind of getting ready to maybe lean down a little bit for wearing a little bit less clothing, I thought it'd be really, really helpful to kind of just create a list and walk through some tips that I have experienced that have helped me out a lot. Um, also some tips that have been super beneficial to a lot of the women and, and the clients that I work with as well. So going to cover a little bit of everything in today's episode. But again, hopefully this kind of helps with um, anyone who is in a cutting phase or even maybe going through this for the first time. If you like just, you know, started your health and fitness journey, or this is the first summer where you're like, okay, I got this. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Maybe you have a vacation coming up, whatever it may be. Uh, what's cool about anything, weight loss, cutting, dropping body fat is the same tactics apply for pretty much whatever your goal is. It's just going to depend on, you know, what that goal is for how long you're following through with each of these. And again, everyone kind of has an individual experience with, you know, what works for them versus what doesn't and, you know, highs and lows, what, what's the most beneficial, but I tried to generalize it as much as possible so that each of these 10 things um, can apply to really anyone. And honestly, guys, truth be told, a lot of these can be very helpful regardless of what phase you're in. Maybe you're not in a cutting phase right now, or maybe you are listening to this as you're going into more of a building phase, or maybe you're just looking to get healthy. Like a lot of these tips um, can be used on multiple different occasions, multiple different seasons of your health and fitness, whatever it may be. So without further ado, let's dive right in. I also do want to preface this with none of this information is super specific. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of the most helpful and beneficial pieces of information that can be given to you in your health and fitness journey need to be given to you on a, you know, one-on-one basis, right? Because I can give you tips about nutrition, but it might not specifically apply to you and your goals and your lifestyle and your background. I might give you tips on, you know, how much protein to eat every day, but again, it's going to be more generalized. So take everything I'm teaching you and and sharing with you guys a little bit of a grain of salt just because it is not entirely individual. Uh, But if you are looking for a little bit more of that individualized one-on-one approach, I am actually taking on a few additional clients for the remainder of May um, for one-on-one coaching specifics for nutrition, workouts, cutting, bulking, you name it. So if you want to take your results to the next level, yes, of course, implement these 10 things, but uh, just be aware and and understand that an individualized one-on-one approach is going to be so much more beneficial. Okay, enough of the fluff. (laughs) Tip number one, and these are in no particular order, 
tip number one is not more important than tip number 10. Uh, these are just my top 10. Uh, so number one is going to be, you know, for making cutting easier, drink more water drink a lot more water. Again, general rule of thumb, if you can drink around a gallon of water a day, um, that's kind of where you want to be. So think about your day. Think about, you know, when you wake up or is the first thing you're doing grabbing, you know, your glass of water and filling that up? Or are you reaching for a cup of coffee? As the day carries on, are you someone who's reaching for energy drinks, coffee, caffeine, you know, sodas, sugar, things like that? Or are you continuously, you know, that person in the office who's always filling up their water bottle, always is running to the bathroom to go pee? I mean, drinking enough water from a hydration standpoint is, of course, so important. But from a cutting standpoint, being well hydrated is so beneficial to kind of regulating your hunger cues. Uh, cause your body needs more water than it does food, right? You can, if you had to last a couple of days without food, people fast. I mean, you can do that. Your body will survive, but you can only last, I think, what is it? You know, 72 hours. I could be totally botching that, but you can, you can't last quite as long without water. Water is the you know, is fundamental for your body's functioning. Now, when you are dehydrated, and I'm not talking about dehydrated, like, oh, I haven't drank any water in two days. I'm talking about even a few hours. If you're dehydrated, what your body can do and will do is almost misinterpret that as hunger cues, right? Our bodies are smart, but they're not able to, you know, fully communicate, hey, girlfriend, you are thirsty and not hungry. It's just going to ping you with, you know, some sort of sensation. A lot of times it is misinterpreted as a hunger level, as a hunger cue, as, hey, I need to eat a little bit right now. When the reality of it is your body just needs a little bit more water, needs some H2O in its system. So making sure you are well hydrated, like I said, about a gallon of water a day, generally, um, making sure you're well hydrated in your cut is very important because you're cutting, you're in a calorie deficit, you are purposely choosing to give your body less calories than it needs, aka calorie deficit, um, and it's going to be really beneficial to make sure that you are not doing the same with your water. So being well hydrated, um, again, a gallon of water is about 128 ounces for the day. If that is such a stretch, you're sitting here listening to this like, holy shit, I drink one bottle of water a day, maybe that gallon is kind of going to seem like a pretty long-term goal, right? So think about it like this, break it up, add 16 ounces in to whatever you normally do. A week from now, add another 16. A week from now, another 16. I think as a minimum, 100 ounces a day is a good place to be. If you can get all the way to that 128, go for it. Um, don't be out there trying to drink, you know, two, three gallons thinking, hey, I won't be hungry if I'm this hydrated. No, it doesn't quite work like that. But finding that sweet spot of just making sure your body is well quenched and H2O is a very big part of your day. Uh, personally speaking, I like to wake up and I keep a my water bottle, my emotional support water bottle. I never go anywhere without it. That stays right next to my bed when I go to sleep at night and it's filled all the way up. So the first thing I do in the morning is start drinking down. I drink about 32 ounces of water uh, first thing in the morning. And I make sure to have about two of those done before I'm drinking any sort of caffeine. So again, just a way to kind of get ahead. And if this is very hard for you, because I know, trust me, some people like drinking water is the hardest part. If this is hard for you to drink water, understand that the more you hydrate and the more you kind of force yourself to get into that habit, your body actually then, one, it's easier. And two, it kind of reminds you. Like now that I've been drinking about a gallon of water, every day for, I don't know, a good few months, years. Like I'm, oh, I feel like I'm always thirsty in a good way. Like my body's always reminding me like, Hey, drink something. Hey, drink something. Hey, so, and I don't really have to think about hitting my gallon. I kind of just 
do. So that is tip number one. If you are not well hydrated, there's a very good chance you're going to be getting lots and lots of hunger cues and, hey, eat something when your body might not necessarily be hungry, and that could cause you to overeat and go past your calorie deficit. So drink your water. And same thing applies to with the vegetables. Vegetables add and fruits add so much volume to your meals that you feel like you're eating, you know, a bucket of food for not very many calories. And that again, it's a mental game. You feel like you're eating more. Your brain feels satisfied. It's less likely to then ping you with another hunger cue because, oh, we're in a calorie deficit. We need to eat less. It just works a lot better. Again, not to say that a Chick-fil-A grilled chicken sandwich can't sneak in there every now and then, but if you can stick with at least 80% of your intake just throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month, 80% of your intake from whole foods, meaning again, you can go find it out in nature. It's got, you know, less than five ingredients on the package and, and do that. You are going to have a much easier time with your cut. You're not going to always be starving. You're not always going to be fighting your body. You're not always going to say, you know, how, how the F do people do this? You're like, oh, okay. I'm really not, you know, that hungry. I'm really not craving certain things. I'm, I'm nourishing my body with what it needs. Um, personally speaking, vegetables, like, I feel like I have turned into a walking vegetable at this point. I, and anyone who doesn't like veggies, first of all, we got to grow up. We have to grow up there. You should not be over the age of six years old being like, well, I don't like veggies. Like, I don't care. I don't care. They need to be in every single one of your meals, a fruit or a vegetable. Okay. We're, we're grown up now. We know this. We need the nutrients. They are absolutely delicious. Learn to love them. If you don't already, you got to make that happen. Right over me for vegetables. I try to add in honestly two to three different veggies to basically every single one of my meals. And I'm not, you know, carrying 25 different fresh produce veggies, you know, in my fridge because I know that can get expensive. But two to three peppers and mushrooms, leave those in the fridge. Then buy a bag of frozen broccoli, leave that in the freezer, right? Bag of frozen green beans, leave that in the freezer. Like just keeping things on hand because you can dump in a ton of mushrooms to your meal for about 20 calories and it'll quadruple the size of what you're eating. And then you get all the good micronutrients and you're not running low on energy and you just feel better. So 80% of the time, whole foods, add those veggies into your meal. You're gonna have a much easier time sticking to whatever your nutrition protocols are for this cut. Okay, so right after I recorded that segment, I did go chug down about another eight ounces or so because I just felt like I was thirsty. I'm just thinking about it. Tip number two for you guys is what I like to call a kitchen makeover. And no, this is not redoing the cabinets and the tile and the backsplash. I'm talking about diving deep into what is located in the depths of your refrigerator, your freezer, your pantry, your cabinets, whatever it may be, wherever you keep the goods, doing a little bit of a kitchen makeover and making sure that everything, everything in your kitchen is in line with your goals. So again, if you are cutting for the summer, you're looking to lose a little bit of body fat, you're looking to drop a few pounds, whatever it may be, making sure that there is not, you know, a surplus of things in your kitchen that make that goal harder. Snacks, desserts, sweets, soda, things that are very easily overindulged on, if you're constantly surrounded by those things, it's only a matter of time before you give in. And you, you know, we're all as strong-willed as you could possibly be. I mean, you're going to give in at some point. It's it's literally, there's a science behind it. So making sure that, again, your kitchen is promoting your goals, promoting your healthy habits, promoting a, you know, healthy food choice, rather than tempting you with snacks and tempting you with sweets and kind of, you know, playing a game with like, oh, how long can I possibly go staring 
staring at that bag of Doritos before I open it up, right? Nobody wants to play that game. And I guarantee every single one of us who's played that game has lost. So doing a kitchen makeover and kind of just diving deep again, like I said, into making sure that whatever you have surrounding you supports your goals, it's going to be a lot easier from a cutting standpoint to stick to and adhere to your protocols. Because at the end of the day, there is no amount of hard work that you can do in the gym that will pay off and be beneficial for a cut. It has to come from your nutrition. So if you're thinking right now, oh yeah, you know, upstairs, I know I have a bag of pretzels. I've got those Doritos. Ooh, I just stocked up on that new gallon of ice cream and I have a few bottles of soda, but just, that's just for whatever it is. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. It's not to say you can't have those things. We're actually going to touch on that in another one of my tips. It's not to say you can't have those things in your diet and in your routine if you are cutting. It's just they need to be in moderation And it's very hard to do that in moderation if it's always there and it's always surrounding you and it's always kind of tempting you and calling your name and, you know, 9 p.m. rolls around. It's like, oh, I just have that little chocolate craving. Like if you don't have the chocolate to fuel that craving with, guess what? You're not going to eat it. And it gets a lot easier and easier as you go. But doing a kitchen makeover to make sure that your kitchen aligns with your cutting goals is probably one of the best and most helpful tips that I have for you guys. Something that I try to do a ton for myself as well. And just being self-aware with it is is really the biggest piece. Um, So to go off of that, tip number three is to be increasing the amount of whole foods and vegetables that you have. So a lot of times when you are cutting, what happens? You're cutting calories. You are hungry. You want more food. Your body's telling you, hey, girlfriend, you're not giving me enough, which is intentional and there is a range there. But at the end of the day, if you can make sure to be eating a majority of your foods in actual whole freaking foods, actual foods that you can go find and see out in nature rather than processed, you know, packaged up, pretty looking, this, that, the other thing, you're going to have such an, you're just going to have a much easier time again with that adherence. Because there's so much more that you can eat from a whole food standpoint versus a processed food standpoint. Think about it like this. If you go out to, I don't know, Chick-fil-A and you get a grilled chicken sandwich, great. You pick the grilled chicken. We've got a good healthy option. I think they actually give you the macros at Chick-fil-A, whatever. You go out and you get that. It's still a good choice. But if you were to replace that, you know, I don't know, 350 calories at Chick-fil-A, with a meal that you made at home where you had, you know, grilled chicken that you prepped yourself and then you added in a ton of green beans and peppers and mushrooms and now you got some brown rice, the actual volume of the food that you're going to be consuming for that 350 calories is so much bigger versus just the little Chick-fil-A sandwich that's about, you know, the size of your palm. Okay, tip number four, and I hear this all the time, you know, oh, but, but, uh, D, I, I was craving this, and I've just, oh, I really want that, and I, I just, I love ice cream on a summer night, and I was just craving this. What do I do? How do I, how do I plan that in? Plan it in exactly what you just said, pre logging your sweets in and including sweets as a regular part of your diet, even in a cut, is nine times out of 10 the way to go. It really is, unless you're, you know, the rare instance where you really can't just have, you know, one cookie, you need to have 12 cookies, then maybe we need to to dial back a little bit. But for most of us, planning for sweets and including whatever your cravings are as a regular part of your routine 
you're going to be so much more likely to one, eat them in moderation, two, have more control over the food and the choices that you're making, and three, be able to stick to this damn cut for way longer than, you know, oh, six weeks, I'm not going to have a single piece of sugar. Like, don't, don't. Don't even fucking bother with that because again, and I've, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, whatever techniques you put into play to reach your result, if you are not prepared and able to keep those things in play moving on past the result, don't even bother. If you're going to cut out carbs for six weeks to try to drop 10 pounds for summer, unless you plan on keeping carbs out of your routine for the next forever, it's not a good idea because as soon as you reintroduce them, hey, guess what? Those 10 pounds are going to come right back on. You didn't learn anything about portion control. You didn't learn anything about yourself and self-awareness and you know eating and enjoying things in moderation. You need to learn lifestyle habits. So for tip number four, my personal approach, I like to pre-log things on my fitness pal. So I use my fitness pal every single day of my life. I'm probably at the point where I don't necessarily need to do that anymore because I've been doing it for so long that I kind of just understand macros and foods and, you know, how many calories are in this, that, the other thing. But at the end of the day, I would rather know and be sure and know exactly that I'm, you know, on track to hit my goals rather than just kind of winging it. So for most people out there, um, my fitness pal is a great tool to educate you for food and to be able to learn what the heck you're eating and how much, what's what, what's protein, what's carbs, what's fat. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. The ice cream that I love is so high in fat. Like it teaches you all of these things. So when it comes to sweets, personally speaking, I'm like, ooh, I'm craving something. Perfect example. Last night, it was warm out. I was craving ice cream. What did I do? I went and had my ice cream. And the reason why this works is because I knew earlier in that day, I'm like, ooh, it's a nice day out, sun is shining, I'm gonna want some ice cream later. So what did I do? I opened up my fitness pal, I moved around a few things, I carved out some room in my calories, my carbs, my fats to be able to include some ice cream. It was non-dairy because your girl is officially lactose intolerant, which is not my favorite. Anywho, I included my serving of non-dairy ice cream from the place that I go to get ice cream and I made it work. I still hit all my targets. I was still perfectly on track for the day. I didn't have a single ounce piece of guilt, even a little bit, enjoying my chocolate peanut butter swirl, and I was good to go. So if you are someone who enjoys sweets, you enjoy alcohol, you enjoy chips and brownies and cookies and whatever your thing is, instead of going into a cut and expecting to just cut them out of your diet, pre-log them into my fitness pal. That way you have a plan set up for the day that includes your double scoop of chocolate chip cookie dough with rainbow sprinkles on top, and you're still able to hit all of your targets, you're still able to be in a calorie deficit, and you still wake up the next morning exactly on track. Okay, for tip number five, straying a little bit away from just strictly nutrition, um, my top five or my fifth tip for making cutting a little bit easier and reaching those goals is to increase your activity levels. So, so, so many times I work with so many women who just automatically cut calories and then they cut calories again and then they cut again. And what happens? Their bodies just continually adapt to the lower amount that the only way for them to see progress again is to just cut the calories again and again and again. And then you're left with a whole shit ton of problems. We can't even get into that for today. So for anyone out there who is like me and loves food and would love to eat as much as possible every single day and still hit their goals, something that I like to do personally for myself is just increase my activity levels. So instead of creating my calorie deficit 
solely based on my food and cutting that down. Instead, what I will do is increase my calorie expenditure, meaning that I will move a little bit more during my day in order to be able to keep my calories where they're at and not have to reduce those down. Typically, that means just getting outside for a little bit of a longer walk or maybe adding in an additional walk or for some people adding in cardio to their workout split, increasing your activity levels. Honestly, from like a mental health standpoint too, I feel like it's never a bad idea. But again, if you are someone who is eating, I don't know, let's say 1800 calories for the day, you're eating 1800, that's you and your cut. You're like, I don't really want to go much lower than this because I'm already kind of hungry, but you know, I want that progress to continue. Instead of hitting 10,000 steps every day, hit 12,000 steps every day. Instead of working out four times a week, work out five times a week. Instead of working out for 60 minutes, work out for 75 minutes. You see what I'm saying? Like it can be very, very small adjustments, but again, consistency is the name of the game. If you get an extra 2000 steps in, you're burning, you know, a little bit more each of those days. By the end of the week, you did in fact increase your calorie deficit by simply burning more. And that way you're still able to see progress. You're still able to eat the foods you love and you're kind of on track that way. So again, personally speaking, I would always, 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 always rather increase my activity levels than decrease my food. I just, I know me, I've been doing this long enough. I know every time my calories drop, and again, I do this for myself, so I'm very self-aware. If I were to drop my calories past a certain point, I just, I know I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to, I might say I follow it. I might be tracking on my fitness pal and be like, yeah, that looks great for the day, but I'm not accounting for the little snacks I had here, the bite of this, the bite of that. Like I know my compliance tends to shit the bed when my calories get too low. It's, it's, it's a fact. So instead, what I would rather do is keep calories at at a moderate place where I know I can stick to it and then just simply move a little bit more, right? Instead of 12,000 steps, maybe one day I'll get 15,000. Instead of my active rest day being, you know, really not much activity, maybe just some yoga, I will then instead do maybe some yoga and go for a walk or some yoga and do a little cardio. That is just that, that's what works best for me. And if for anyone else out there who struggles with nutrition and calories and not adhering to protocols, that might be the solution for you as well. For tip number six, we have reduced the amount of calories that you consume from drinking. Um, And I don't just mean alcohol. I mean the amount of calories you are consuming in your day-to-day, your week-to-week that are not being like chewed and you're not sitting down for a meal. You're not having that whole experience. You're just drinking something. So this can come in the form of, yes, of course, alcohol. This can come in the form of coffees or frappuccinos or soda or whatever your your smoothies even because a lot of times what happens is if you're drinking a frappuccino from starbucks first of all delicious 10 out of 10 recommend but if you're drinking one of those things that's a good four or five hundred calories sometimes if not more that you can kind of drink down and not really feel anything from it right you're not like full after frappuccino you don't drink that as you're like running errands for the day and be like oh you know i'm full that was my lunch right? You're still going to be hungry. In fact, you're probably going to be more hungry because a lot of times what those drinks do is kind of, again, tweak with the hunger cues that your brain is experiencing and your body thinks it didn't have lunch. It's like, what the fuck, man? You always eat lunch at 12 o'clock and today at 12 o'clock you drank down this frappuccino, which is not lunch and I didn't actually sit down and everything gets kind of confused. So if you can, in your cut, 
reduce the amount of calories that you consume from liquids, you're going to have a much easier time because you're going to be eating a lot more of those foods, which then fuels you with typically a lot more micronutrients, a lot more protein, and you're able to navigate the waters of whatever your calorie deficit is a lot easier. Now, is that to say from time to time you can't go splurge on a frappuccino? Absolutely. But if that is a regular part of your routine and you're having a lot of trouble sticking to your calorie deficit, I guarantee if you yank that out and instead put together a wholesome meal, again, whole foods and veggies, and eat that instead, you know, a couple hours are going to go by and you'll be like, oh, wow, I'm like really not hungry and I'm, I'm feeling pretty good for today. Wow, my energy is up a little bit. Because those calories in a frappuccino, in your alcohol, in your drinks, your smoothies, your soda, like it's not doing anything for you. And then you're left having to actually consume and eat less for that day because you drank down half of it. So if you're making simple swaps, even going for like a Gatorade Zero or a Powerade Zero or, you know, an energy drink, a monster, a ghost, like those things, they give you that like sweet tooth sensation. They give you that flavor. They give you maybe what you're looking for in whatever you're usually drinking, but they're not eating away at a fuck ton of your calories for the day. Okay. So everything in moderation, of course, but while you're cutting, take a look at or kind of think about, you know, how many calories you are consuming from liquids um, and try to cut that down to as few as possible on a daily basis. Tip number seven for you guys, we've got strength training. If you are not currently participating in any sort of strength training workouts, I very highly recommend doing so if you are in a cut. The reason I say that, because I think a lot of people, you know, automatically assume cutting with cardio, right? I'm in a cut. I need to go for a run. I'm in a cut. I need to sweat it out. I'm in a cut. You want to be prioritizing strength training, I mean, all year round, but even more so when you are in a cutting phase, because the work that you're doing with lifting and lifting weights and lifting heavy, what that is doing is optimizing your muscle growth and allowing you to maintain the muscle that you have on your body. If you pair that with a consistent calorie deficit, your body is going to be strictly burning off body fat. And that is essentially the goal of a cut, right? You don't want to just lose weight because it makes a hell of a difference if you lose just 10 pounds versus someone who lost 10 pounds of fat. Oh my gosh, the person who lost 10 pounds of fat is going to look like they lost 20 pounds total. Versus the person who lost just 10 pounds, maybe some muscle, kind of just went on the treadmill, they sweat it out. They're going to kind of look that, you know, that skinny fat look where like, yeah, they lost weight, but they're not really that toned and tight. and Everything kind of jiggles a little bit. Not the end of the world, right? Kudos to you for still losing weight. But at the end of the day, you want to be aiming for fat loss because the fat loss is what makes a difference on your body. And what you can do then with strength training is be building muscle on top of that fat loss. So if you're thinking about your arm right now, and you're someone who, you know, you pick your arm up to flex, and you kind of have like that little chicken wing flap hanging around by your your tricep down there, right? You know what I'm talking about? If that is something like, oh, I really want to tone my underarms. If you just lose weight, you're going to probably be losing the little bit of tricep muscle that you have there. And what's going to happen? You're still going to be left with your little chicken wing flapping in the breeze. Okay. That's not what we want. If you're prioritizing strength training, what you can do is build that tricep muscle while also decreasing the body fat that lies on top of it. And then you are left with a nice tight toned arm rather than just empty, loose skin and body fat. Okay. So strength training, I recommend at least four times a week, if possible, two upper body days, two lower body days. Again, everybody is very individualized, which, 
is why I'm not getting too specific into that. You guys know my heart and soul is right there with strength training. I love lifting. That is how I work out. I lift at least five times a week. Typically, um, it's everything. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, in your cut, just lift, you know, lift a little bit, like lift fucking heavy, lift heavy. And when you feel like you can't lift heavier, lift heavier. Okay. Because just because you're cutting does not mean you should be lifting lighter. Just because you're cutting does not mean you need to change rep ranges or your workout split or really any of that. Because again, at the end of the day, during your cut, you still want to be building muscle. You still want to be getting stronger. You still want to be prioritizing that form of movement. But again, with the calorie deficit in play, you target a little bit of that fat loss. So strength training is 1000% the name of the game. If you're not doing it, get started. Okay, and tip number eight for you guys, this is not really a tip, more of a rant, but self-awareness, self-freaking-awareness. This applies to any timeline, any phase, any whatever, but specifically while you are cutting for the summer, cutting for a goal, a vacation, whatever, being self-aware is a skill that I believe everyone needs to learn. Everyone needs to learn and they need to master it. If you are not self-aware of your habits, your behaviors, your mistakes, your wins, your highs, your lows, if you have no idea as to what the heck you do every day, I'm sorry, you're, there, there's going to be no success at all. And whatever success you do have, it's going to be a little bit of luck, maybe a little bit of work, and it's not going to last. Okay, You need to be self-aware enough to know, hey, if there's a bag of chips in my kitchen, I'm going to eat them. So I need to remove the chips from my kitchen. You need to be self-aware enough to know that if you go to bed and you don't set your alarm for the gym, you're not going to get to the gym. You also need to be self-aware enough to know when you're doing well and figuring out what those habits are and how to implement them over and over and over and over again. Self-awareness is, if I could just culminate everything that I'm talking about today into one tip, is to learn freaking self-awareness. Learn what makes you do well, what makes you tick, what makes you, you know, give in on your targets. Maybe every time you go out to happy hour drinks with your bestie, you overdo it on the drinks and then you guys are getting pizza and then you're laid up in bed the next day and then you get breakfast sandwiches and you do this every single fucking weekend. Be self-aware enough to be like, hey, bestie, okay, I'm not going to come this weekend or hey, bestie, can we do something else? This weekend, that takes a level of self-awareness and discipline and sacrifice that if any of your goals for health and fitness and your cut matter enough to you, it's a step that you'll need to take. And honestly, it should be a step that you want to take because the whole spiel, the whole health and fitness, you know, everything, it's, it's all about becoming the best version of you, right? So if you're participating in a cut, in a bulk, in strength training, in nutrition, in tracking your food, if you're participating in all those things, it's kind of under the impression that like you want to improve yourself. And even if that is just specifically physically speaking, it's going to be very short-lived before you also start to realize that you are transforming and becoming the best version of yourself mentally and emotionally. And you want your friendships to level up and your relationship. It all kind of cultivates all into one, you know, leveling up in health and fitness, which is great back to self-awareness. If you have people, things, temptations, obstacles, you know, whatever it may be in your day-to-day or just in your regular routine that are making your goals harder, be self-aware enough to recognize that and then fucking do something about it. Don't just be like, oh, I know I can't. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe we did that again. Oh, yeah, we were bad last night. All right, all right. Next weekend we got this. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Stop kidding yourself. You're you're bullshitting yourself and you're honestly making whatever your goals are even harder. And for a cut specifically, if you're in a calorie deficit, consistency is the name of the game. 
The only way a calorie deficit works is if you do it consistently. Why? Because it is impossible to create enough of a calorie deficit on, you know, one day to be able to see the progress from it. You have to create small deficits Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, oh, back to Monday. And they all have to stack onto each other for you, you know, a week later to be like, oh, it's working. So the problem lies if you're not self-aware enough to recognize that, say, maybe your weekend habits are horrible and they are so out of line with your new goals. If you're not self-aware enough to recognize that, none of the hard work you're putting in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. So look at yourself in the mirror. Have that hard conversation, one, with yourself, two, with any of the people in your life who are causing any of these obstacles to continually be in play, and then do something about it, okay? Do something about it. So self-awareness is so incredibly important, especially when you're cutting and all of these tiny little nitty-gritty details matter, okay? It matters if you drink all your water. It matters if you hit your step goal. It matters if you are pre-logging sweets in. It matters if you're just cutting out carbs. Like, All of these things matter. And if you are not taking a deep look into yourself during the process, good luck to you. Up next, we've got tip number nine, rest days. Rest days. You guys are so used to me being like, go, 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 do the thing, go harder, lift heavier. Rest days are for any phase, but specifically for cutting, so important. And they are going to make your cut easier. Why? Rest days allow your body to recover. They allow, you know, all of the strength training that you've been doing for the last two days or three days or however many days in a row. If you're not resting, your body's not repairing the damages that you did. And you want to be doing those damages. That that is the point of strength training. You're breaking down muscle fibers. But if you're not equally as much resting, you're not repairing those muscle fibers. And then you're always sore. You're always tired. You're always cranky. You're always questioning, why the hell am I doing any of this? Like you need those rest days from a physical standpoint. Internally speaking, you also need those rest days as a chance to lower down and reduce your overall cortisol levels. So cortisol is your stress hormone, and if you are a chronic stressor like I am and everything is just stressing you out all the time and you're never taking a chance to like breathe and relax and get a little bit of sleep and be able to kind of just calm down for the day, what's going to happen is over time your chronic stress levels are going to make your weight loss goals almost impossible. Elevated cortisol in the body, there's so many studies on this, but there's so many studies. But basically what it does in in a nutshell is it makes any sort of fat loss a lot harder. So think about it like this. When you're stressed out, your body has no idea what it's stressing about, right? Your mind does or whatever, but the internal processes that go on because of it, they have no idea. So when you're stressed, your body thinks it's preparing, I don't know, to, to fight a tiger, right? It's ready to fight the tiger. You're, you're stressed out because you have a meeting with your boss on Friday, but your body thinks you're preparing for war with a fucking tiger. Okay. So it's preparing everything. Stress cortisol is up. It's suppressing your appetite. It's suppressing all these other, there's a whole downstream cascade of shit that goes on when you're chronically stressed. One of those things being it, your body is not going to be burning any fat. It's not go- fat for all of us human beings is a protective layer. It is there to protect us. It allows us to, you know, have some extra oomph to pull from in case we're like, you know, there's a famine and we're not eating and whatever it is like 
fat is necessary. So when you put your body through high stress and it thinks it's fighting a tiger, it's like, oh shit, I need this protection. I better keep this protection here. There's no fucking way I'm getting rid of any fat right now. And it doesn't matter how many days you're in a calorie deficit, how hard you're lifting, how many days you're doing cardio. If you're chronically stressed, you're not resting, you're not sleeping, you're not recovering. Nothing you do in your cut will matter. Why? Because your body's getting ready to fight that tiger. Okay. It's not getting ready to be lean for your bikini season and your boat day next week. All right. So making sure to prioritize your rest. I recommend a minimum of two rest days, minimum two rest days every single week for everyone, myself included, um, as a chance to just, again, calm down on those rest days. Yeah, you can absolutely still be going for a walk, but you're, you're just strolling. Maybe you're getting your steps in while you're walking around the grocery store. Or you're at the mall, right? You're sleeping. You're letting your body sleep in a little bit. You're getting to bed a little bit earlier, letting your body calm down if you want any sort of success in your cut at all. Rest days are not optional. They're not like, oh yeah, I don't, I don't need that. I mean, learn from me. I used to think rest days were like, yeah, if I don't rest, like I'll just be able to work out more. And if I work out more, I'll see results faster. Bet. Cool. Let's get it seven days a week. And it didn't fucking work. It didn't work at all. So <laughs> learn from me, learn from my mistakes. Rest days are incredibly important. And last but not least, tip number 10 is do not get caught up in the timeline. Do not get stuck in the, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I there yet? It's 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 going to be mind numbing. And the chances of you sticking with whatever your protocols are long enough to actually see if you're there yet, very, very unlikely. If you get stuck in the, okay, I'm going to do this for six weeks. I got this. You're three weeks in. I got three more weeks and then four weeks. Okay. And then six weeks is up. And if you're so caught up in the timeline, you're not going to be building any habits that'll stick with you. Chances are you're going to be kind of blowing it along the way because you're like, oh, I only have two more weeks. I don't really like it. It's you're not going to find any sort of success with it and you're not going to enjoy the process at all. Right. If you're going balls to the wall hard as fuck for six weeks, like you're not going to be enjoying that. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be celebrating your wins. You're not going to be celebrating, you know, the steps along the way. You're going to be hating the journey. And then when six weeks is up, you're not going to stick with shit. Don't tell me that you are because you're not. So a lot of times what I recommend is is whatever you think your timeline is going to be, just double it and then don't fucking think about it, right? If you're like, all right, I'm going to cut for six weeks before this vacation. Assume whatever your goal is, maybe it's 10 pounds. Assume it's going to take 12 weeks and then just work your ass off every single day for 12 weeks because why? What's going to happen? By the end of 12 weeks, you're going to blow past that goal. You're going to feel great and then you're not really going to care because at the end of the day, there is no timeline. There is no deadline. There is no, I can be done with this when blank. If that's what you're saying and those words are coming out of your mouth, again, with whatever the habit is, just give it up now because you're not going to stick with it. And as soon as you stop sticking with it, none of the progress that you made is going to stick. So again, it sounds a little, a little woo woo, a little foofy to be like, enjoy the ride, but like enjoy every second, every stage, every phase that your body goes through in health and fitness, because it's really fucking cool. Like, how cool is it that I can be talking on a podcast with tips to help you be able to, like, manipulate and change and and alter the way your body looks for the better, right? Like, that's that's a pretty freaking cool place to be. And I, I, I nerd out on this all the time with my clients. I'm like, how cool is it that you get to decide what you look like? You get to decide how you feel and your energy levels and how strong you are. Like, that's up to you. 
Like that's a really, really cool place to be. And I think cutting is even cooler because essentially for a lot of us, what you're doing again is losing body fat, which basically means you're able to see a lot more of the hard work that you've been putting in right? Muscles start kind of popping out a little bit and like, oh my goodness, do I have abs? Like, what's that? What's this line? Oh, I have a new vein. Like it, it's so physical and you can, you know, call me shallow if you want. I think it's really fucking cool. I think it's really awesome to be able to see all of the hard work that you're putting in. And if you're too caught up in the timeline of how long is this going to take, there's no chance you're going to succeed at any of it. I'm sorry, but there's not. So instead of thinking about the timeline, just think about what you can do in that day in order to improve and to be better and to take another step forward. So that is all I have for you guys today. I feel like I really ranted on today's episode, but I just, I, as you guys can probably tell, I'm very passionate about this because I have done basically everything wrong when it comes to cutting in any stage of your health and fitness journey. And I've really figured out, you know, what the right things are and, and how to apply those. And I think knowing them and doing them are two different things, but hopefully with episodes like this and gaining that knowledge, you can at least start to know, you know, what you should be doing. Of course, putting it into action is step number two, but um, at the end of the day, hopefully you guys benefited and gained from this episode and listening to me rant and talk to you all. Um, But that is it. I will wrap it up and I will see you guys next week.